This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. That means JP joins me for another week. There's a lot in this one. A little breakdowns. Send a couple folks to the black couch. A couple of teams to the black couch. Get them figured out emotionally. I don't know, man. Am I thinking too much of it? Uh, we'll tell you. Uh, the next 30 minutes promises to be informative. I don't know how entertaining we'll be, but we'll try. Maybe tell a few jokes, a little stand-up. JP, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Damon. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. So I'll... Saw a couple of uh, meltdowns, uh, red and blue Nebraska. <laughs> I saw a nice comeback with black Nebraska. Hey. Um, and I've seen a couple of high schools getting interesting. This familiarity may breed contempt. A um, couple teams got to really get it in gear. Um, and there are some dangerous basketball teams out there, right? Like where if – you think this is going to be another walk in the park. There's probably another thing coming. I just don't think you can rest a whole lot on a Tuesday, Friday, or Saturday night. Yeah, it's kind of crazy just looking at uh, kind of going through my notes and planning the week, uh, like seeing what's ahead. And you can see the end of the, the schedule there on the, the Max Preps page. And you're like, wow, we're already to this point. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, it's running out fast. So teams right now, they kind of have to – we're hitting that stretch run where you got to really find out um, kind of – who you are, um, what you need to do to to make a run into the postseason. Yeah, I think so. You know what the key is for me? And uh, let me know what you think. At this stage, do you think this is about being a better version of what you are or having some modifications to who you have been? I guess it depends on uh, kind of who you are and what you've done to that point. Like if, obviously, a, a team like Scott, I don't – think there's a lot a lot of massive changes they need to make yeah. uh they just need to kind of maintain although if you get a couple of healthy bodies that that, that that would certainly help a little bit but um yeah it's i think you you see a game like uh the big one that we talk about with Bellevue West and Millard uh North and Bellevue West made some changes obviously I think um and uh it pulled out a big win there um so it's a good weekend for Bellevue West oh yeah uh, at, at least in my opinion, because they had the toughest of the two games slate of any team in the top five because oh, yeah. they had Miller North and Creighton prep. So, I mean, we can stay right there if you want to start with the T-Birds. And, and let's go back to the Miller North Bellevue West game because I think we kind of parse through these two teams a lot, right? We talk about the moving parts and who's going to be the third scorer and, and what's going to happen with backcourt help and consistency and we saw Bellevue West really go to work, winning in a different way. Not so much about Dotzler and Kyle the third. It was about pounding the glass and getting stops and some timely threes. Yeah, that that was the most impressive part of that game. Um, and I, perhaps we, uh, or at least I, underestimated uh, the difference that Jacob Arope can make when we talked about kind of upside last week and um, what I saw from those teams. And 
because Josiah Dotzler and William Kyle combined for 15 points on five of 20 shooting, and they won by nine. I I don't coming into the year. I don't know that you you lay out those uh, details and would expect. Oh, I'd, have called, them, I'd have called you crazy. Yeah, you expect them to win even against a mid tier team, let alone uh, another top three team. So the fact that uh, you had guys step up, um, Jacob Rope. 13 points uh, and 14 rebounds, including seven offensive. And they had Eldon Turner came off the bench. I believe he what scored seven straight in a yeah, row. At one he point. had a really good second quarter. I think that's, that's where when they, they created the That's separation. when they pushed him, right? Yeah. It, they pushed it to 34 24. And, and I like Turner. Um, I've liked him, you know, for the last three or four handful of years just because um, he's small in stature, but he's fearless. You know, I asked some guys that always have to, you know, try to make a living guarding him. I mean, you know, he's he's hard on 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 Caleb and some of these guys that I know are, are good defenders. Where they say, hey, you know, who do you not enjoy guarding? And Turner's just one of those guys. Um, he's he's constantly coming at you. He's supremely confident. He's got pretty good handle. Um, not 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 a big in stature. But, man, he saw some openings, and, man, he spurted on Miller North. I felt like that game was the difference. I know rebounding was huge, but that second quarter, and there were a couple in the fourth, Miller North's got to find a way. We talked to Coach Cannon on Friday. Miller North's got to find a way to establish some consistency from behind the arc. It has become the great equalizer, right, in basketball. And Miller North just hasn't been able to find it outside of Jason Green. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about this game, though, is the – that was the uh, Miller North's best shooting game of the season, I would imagine. I didn't look numbers, but 10 to 25, they actually made two more threes th- than Bellevue West did. Timely. Obviously, Jason Green hit a few of those late that got them kind of got them within striking distance yep. um, late. But uh, the difference in that game ended up being the, the free throw line. Uh, Bellevue West hit 11 free throws. Miller North only took five. Yeah, second uh, chance points was a killer too, man. Bellevue West was able – their offensive rebounding was relentless. And I think as a coach, you know this. Are there anything – Is what drives you crazy outside of turnovers? What drives you more crazy than the inability to clean the glass? Yeah, th- that is one of the more demoralizing plays where you defend really well, do everything right, and just can't get that board. And then if they score off that second chance, um, that's just an absolute killer for your confidence. And, and not to mention, it, it burns a lot of energy that you could have been using down on the offensive end because you got to defend all over again. Um, so th- that's a big part. And we saw kind of what, a change to the lineup where they started a, a rope uh, alongside Kyle uh, and slid Evan Inselman to the three. And Inselman had a really good, had a really good game. Double he's, figures he's, in both games. He's going to get a good matchup at that yeah. spot. Right, I, I think that's that's pretty crafty because a lot of times he's going to get your third-best defender. Right, You know, Kyle's going to do his thing. You may have to play a little bigger, and he may not get somebody as fleet of foot. Uh, I, I actually kind of like that for, for Ensman because I think he's going to get a good matchup. Yeah, and, and we know Kyle's so versatile defensively where you can put a rope on kind of the bigger post player and then have Kyle slide whether it's a stretch four or a traditional four, he can guard either one of those. So. Yeah, it's interesting, Dwight. We talk about a rope. See, if there's a, there's the coach in me that will get behind this, Mike. Then there's the, the fan for kid, the, the champion for kids that just is watching the sport. I love a rope and his skill set and what he brings to the table. The coach in me says ball screens. Yeah. Put him in ball screens, right? It's like I would play nothing but two-man games and force you to play offense for defense 
if you're going to try to abuse me with Jacob Arope until he figures out how to play those ball screens. I I, I played against him him playing up uh, in the summer uh, a couple of summers ago, and that's what I tried to do a little bit too. Um, yeah, well, we played against him. Uh, the 15s played against him last year, and he had the first seven points on offense. Yeah. They got out to a 7-2 lead and figured out we use guys like Kevin Stubblefield to bring the ball up the court, and he could – he probably only played about another four minutes. They just really couldn't utilize him much. And so there's always that that back and forth. And he's still growing in terms of varsity experience, and he's going to figure out those things. But for right now, if you want to neutralize his prowess, you better figure out a way to make him guard. Because if you let him just make a living, and Prep did this to him a little bit, and he didn't have as near as much success on the offensive end in terms of efficiency as you got to force him to guard you. I think he went one of six against prep and yeah. with only three points. It's, and it's all about matchups. But I tell you what, he is a nice wrinkle to an already deep bench for Bellevue West. Yeah, so it was a 73-64 win for Miller North. And like you said, they, they stretch it to 10 uh, with a big second quarter. And then they pushed it out to like 17 or 20 to, to start the third quarter. Um, and then Miller North furiously rallied to try to get back into that game, make it a single-digit game late. But... Jason Green, again, this, we saw this uh, against Westside in the Metro tournament, and um, we, we saw it here where dude just makes big-time plays down the stretch to, to try to give his team a shot. And um, he, I believe he had uh, 24 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 blocks in that game. And then he followed it up with 19 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, four steals, and five blocks in Millard Norris kind of bounce back win uh, against Lincoln North Star. And that's a, that's a team with a big front line. So just kind of the stat lines that he's putting up this season, the, the way he's stuffing the stat sheet, it, there's no more versatile, impactful player than, than Jason Green this season. Yeah, it's been interesting too because – uh, instead of, uh, and maybe this just speaks to his versatility, instead of like these clear-cut early-on game plans, it seems like he evolves as the game goes along and does fills whatever void is necessary. You need rebounding, he'll go and rebound. You need some three-point shooting, he'll step out and, and shoot the three. We saw in the Metro Holiday tournaments against Omaha Westside, you need some easier buckets, uh, he gets it in the post and he gets it and he gets downhill, right? He's... He's shown a real good ability to adapt the way that the game's being played. For sure. And uh, David Harmon, solid, 13 points in the first game, um, 14 in the second. And he shot it well against Bellevue West, too. I mean, if you could, not a ton of attempts, but five of 10. Yeah. Um, and you, you let him shoot 50%. Didn't turn it over a ton. It's going to kind of be who he's got to be. Yeah, five assists, four boards. So he, he was solid. That They just need a little bit more, and they didn't quite get it in that game. Um, but kind of Bellevue West moving ahead to that, that prep game, uh, mentioned how much Dotzler struggled in the first game. Uh, he was back uh, uh, and came up big time in this one, 23. Yeah, he's not, not going to put together back-to-backers on a, on a bad night. Exactly. And uh, Fortunately, I believe uh, Coach DeRees over at Drake came to, came to watch the uh, – uh, one Miller of those North. games, yeah. So that <laughs> picked the wrong one, but uh, hey, I mean, I'll be able to see it uh, on film or whatever. Twenty-three points, eight of eleven shooting, four of four from the line, seven boards, six assists, three steals. Just kind of a really solid stat line there. And Enselman, thirteen points again, another two threes, five free throws. So he, he had a really good week. And West ten to nineteen from three. So prep 
That was impressive from prep, though. I believe Martel Evans did not play with uh, with an injury, and they they, they hung tough. Yeah. Uh, we saw what happened against Westside when things got away from them a little bit early, and um, they weren't able to hang around. The uh, Creighton prep made them work in this one. Um, the, it, it was not an easy win, and I, I think recently uh, prep outside of that one. Um, the, they beat Papio South by, by 16. Like, that's a really solid win. We've seen what Papio South has been doing recently. And Casey O'Malley, I think, is starting to, to come yeah. alive a little bit more. That, that he makes erupted a the other night against Bellevue West. I think he went for 26, maybe, something like that. Something like, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're versatile. They're going to have to – they need a little scoring yeah. out. A little scoring versatility, and depending on how long they're without Martel Evans. But I want to walk you back real quick before we get to – the rest with Bellevue West and, and the shot distribution, because I think it's key, right? You see how well Josiah Dotzer played, and he was 8 of 11 from the floor, right? 70, 73%, I think that is. <laughs> Everybody else was within six or seven in terms of their field goal attempts outside of TK Barnett, who only took the one shot, and, and John Mitchell, who was two of two. Everybody else had six or seven shots, and that's five, six guys between six and seven shots. If they play like that, that is really hard to defend. It's just, it's a lot coming at you from a multitude of ways. For sure, because you've got to load up against Stotzler, because he's aggressive enough that if you don't take it away early, he's going to hit you with 10, 12 and a quarter, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be looking at a big deficit. So you got to load up against him. And then uh, he's capable of moving the ball and getting guys involved too. So if if other guys are feeling feeling it, knocking down shots, then you really do have to guard everybody else, and that and that makes it easier in turn for for Dotzler to kind of go pick you apart. So it's kind of a pick your poison, and it depends on how well that supporting cast is playing, how confidently th- those guys are handling the ball and, and knocking down shots. And again, adding a guy like a rope, adding uh, to go with Kyle as kind of sources of interior. Whether it's post, whether it's pick and roll, you, they've got different ways to attack you, um, and, and that's that's what we like so much about this team coming into the year. There was kind of a little little speed bumps here and there that and we were um, that, that kind of what they they fell down to number three for a little bit. Like Miller North was playing better for a stretch leading into this game, but they, they certainly figured it out when, when they needed to the most. Yeah, and it's interesting. And we don't we it's I feel like we kind of do this to them a little bit, but we didn't even start with the number one ranked team in the state, and they've been number one for a while now uh, with Omaha Westside. They got tested a little bit, got pushed a little bit. Yeah, didn't play well. Yeah, didn't play well um, in consecutive games. But I think the beauty of it is, uh, especially that staff, if I'm Coach Simons and company, sometimes you have to learn to win these kinds of games. Um, Elkhorn South, the whistle blew a ton on Thursday night, really couldn't get into some ebb and flow. And Elkhorn South plays hard. Uh, we talked about this in Metro. There's a lot of eerie similarities where the game was close early. Westside kind of pushed out a little bit. Um, Elkhorn South kind of rallies. They play them tough. And then on Friday, I mean, Papio South gave them all that they wanted. They got some good, easy looks at it. And uh, I think with Westside, even though they only scored 50, I think 58 points, for them, it's got to start with their defense. And when they had those defensive lapses, Papio South was able to control tempo. Um, 
But again, I think figuring out ways to win those games are, are important for Westside. Well, in the two games combined, they shot eight of 31 from three and had 18 assists to 23 turnovers. Yeah. So th- those... Those are not stats that you've come to expect from Westside and the way they've been playing since the first couple of games of the season. And the the only reason they won that Papillon South game is that they won the possession battle between forcing 14 turnovers, grabbing offensive rebounds. Um, they just got a lot more cracks at, at, at scoring the ball. So they didn't do it efficiently, but um, sometimes volume wins out over that. And um, Yeah, they took seven more shots, which... In a five-point game, that's going to matter. And how about this? You hold Pace and Gillespie to one of three from the field. Uh, Reggie Thomas, four of ten. Chandler Meeks, three of nine. You you probably think you've got a good chance to win that game. But um, Westside just got other ways that they can skin a cat. And, and that's what happened. 16 to 29 inside the arc and 17 to 24 from the free throw line. So didn't shoot the ball well, but... Um, they found ways to score still and uh, fend off uh, a tough Papio South team at, at their place, I believe, right? Yeah, so. it was at Papio South. They really made it hard. It was miserable for Brokill. He just couldn't get any easy looks. I think he ended up going 5 of 13 from the field. and Now, he scored 20 points, but he had to work get, yeah, really get to the hard line. to do it. And I, and I think that's what you want to do. You know, they held Kircher and Ball in check and – you know, kind of the X factor for them that I liked was Devin Jones played well. Now, he didn't play it. He doesn't rack a ton of minutes. But I he actually he gives them some toughness and some ways to get the ball to the rim. They need a few more easy looks at it. And, they shoot a lot of threes. And defensively, he's good for a timely steal, sliding over, cutting off a, a driver. He'll get a, a key offensive rebound. Like, he does a lot of little things. Uh, I've seen him play a lot during the summer, practice against him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's not a guy that's going to wow you in the stat sheet, but he is an important player for a team to have. And Papio South, they're, um, they've had a really tough schedule. Yes, that's, they have. <laughs> they, there, there aren't very many teams they haven't played. They're hanging in there at number nine uh, at, with a nine and seven record in the NEB Preps latest coaches yeah, poll. Look, look at their losses. Yeah, and they just took two losses, but for, uh, again, to Creighton Prep and Omaha Westside, so yeah. two of the better teams. Um, and so they've got Millard West, uh, Bellevue East, and Omaha North kind of coming up this week, so they'll have a chance to – um, kind of get some wins there and get things righted, but they've they, got the, they've got the good win against Gretna. Yeah, and man, if we want to slide over there, that's looking like a really good win based on what they've done recently. And they they climbed all the way up to number four in, in the poll. Uh, they're eleven and five now after really beating, good weekend against Central and South. Yeah, beating Central fifty six fifty, and then beating Omaha South for the third time this season. Uh, Fifty-one forty-five. Kind of crazy that they've already played three times, but um, that's what happened. And uh, the the central game, um, they they were up forty-five thirty-two after three. Yeah, it's kind of watch this one again on film, and it's hard to believe that Central had two quarters in which they scored eight points. Well, not when you see they shot twenty-nine percent from the field. That, that it's, yeah. it's going to be hard to score uh, when you can't make pers- shots. Is that called perspective? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we, we talked about it time and time again. I mean, P.J. Davis, 22, um, got to the free throw line to get most of those. He didn't shoot particularly well. But Jay Dawson, five points on two of 16. Uh, that was a really good defensive effort for Gretna against Jay. And if he, if he does that, they're going to have a really hard time 
scoring enough points to win a game, and that's what happened in this one. Yeah, uh, a wit. Um, Amur um, had the next most field goal attempts, and I think he only went one of seven. And they've really tried to increase his role. Well, a uh, guy that did actually, Kia Pauger, um, 12 points, 5 of 10 shooting, hit a couple of threes, 10 boards. He's a guy that they did insert to the starting lineup a few games ago, and he's intriguing. He, sh- he had that little spurt in the, the, the Metro tournament where he scored seven points and knocked down a three, had a really couple tough buckets inside. Um, and uh, he... he he adds a different, different element there. He's not consistent yet. He's a guy that I think I think he played JV at yeah. prep before transferring to, to Central, so doesn't have a lot of experience. But he's long uh, and has a, has a soft touch, so he could be an interesting piece for them moving forward. And he actually shot it well from distance, if I remember. Yeah. I think he was he two or four, or two or five, two or five, yep, from behind the arc. And yeah. when you only make six of them, <laughs> and you shoot it twenty eight times, yeah. At some point, you got to think, oh, gosh, can we get something easier? Yeah. I mean, 21% from the arc, behind the arc is typically not going to get it done. Yeah, so that good win for Gretna. They, they had an update their stats yet, so I hadn't seen who played individually played well for them. But they followed up with that win over South, and it was uh, it's been close for those teams every game. And this was uh, South actually led by one heading into the, the fourth quarter. And then Gretna 16-9 to in the fourth quarter to, to win that game. Um, and they held South to 45 points on 48 field goals, including one of 10 from three. So defensively, that was a heck of a week for Gretna, and, and uh, again, here they are. two quarters in yeah. holding teams in single digits. Yeah. Seven and nine in the second and fourth quarters, respectively. That's that's pretty good defense. Yeah. And Well, we know Bill Hurd knows how to coach defense over yeah. there. And they, they made it really hard on JoJo Ford, who was just four of 10 from the floor, and, and – uh, Boy, they the, just the in this the inconsistencies and their ability to shoot it from distance is is a problem for South. I think they finished that game one of ten from behind yep. the arc, and and it just, it's just gonna it's gonna be really hard to win games like that when you don't shoot it well. Yeah, and so Gretna jumped up to number four, bumped Central down to five, who bounced back with a, a good fifty seven fifty win at Lincoln Southwest. Uh, PJ had 24, uh, again, got to the free throw line a bunch, 10 of 11, and Jay had 19, and it was efficient, 8 of 13 shooting. So um, they, they still didn't shoot the ball well, only 3 of 12 from 3. They had 6 assists, 15 turnovers, so a lot of room for improvement there, but they did what they needed to, to to get a win over a good team. When you take a look at Gretna, what do you think it is that makes them so difficult for for their opponents? You know, they're, they're not. it's not spectacular, right? It's not... Off the bounce, mesmerizing, but I mean it's it's a solid backcourt. I think they have good, they have decent size, right? Kind of sneaky yeah. how they touch and guard you defensively. Yeah, uh, Grant Jansen's big physical body inside, and Alex Wilcoxon I think has been really uh, consistent recently for them. He's been double figures, shooting the ball really well. You see every game you look, he's twelve, fifteen points um, as kind of that that. That's number two option to, to Lana Pekorsky, who I believe had 30 in a game the previous week uh, in, in one of their games. Um, again, I haven't seen what they did this week, but that's you, you combine kind of that little trio there with you get just enough from an Alec Wilkins who's capable um, for, for, uh, for stepping up in, in any given game. And then you add that with the defense and. That's that's enough to grind out some uh, of these these tough games. Again, it's not like they scored a ton. It's, they're in the fifties both games, but uh, they helped their teams, their opponents to fifty and forty five. Yeah, you talk about a tough schedule. 
as we jump down to if we're looking at the rankings. Boy, Elkhorn South sitting there ranked behind prep, just ten and six. And I, I just saw him in person again. Um, boy, they grind you. Yeah, and that was a big man. It was a tough week for Lincoln Northeast. That was a big win for for the Storm over over the Rockets, who um, we talked about off to a great start this season. Went zero two last week. They lost in a close one to Grand Island, forty six forty four. I believe Trout had uh, Isaac Trout had twenty four in that one, and, and then they lost sixty nine sixty two um, at Elkhorn South, and um, that again they pretty good balance. They had Henry Burt with fourteen, Alec Noonan with twelve. Um, they had uh, Cole Ballard, I believe, is uh, kind of working his way back in the lineup. Uh, yeah, he, he sat really out didn't with play much against yeah. Westside, if at all, if I, I remember right. He, he's and been sitting. Mo- yeah, I think coming off the football that, season, a, tot, a ton. Uh, I think coming off the football season, they gave him some time to to get fully healthy because. Man, the dude, we talked about his toughness factor in the season oh, and what yeah. he was playing through. I, I think they wanted to give him a chance to, to get healthy. Um, but it looks like he's back playing a little bit, and he adds a little bit in the backcourt. But um, they, they – I, I really like Evan Hill. He was tough on West Side too. And he was he, – he swung that game. at four, six from three, 12 points. They shot 10 and 21 as a team and 17 and 26 from the free throw line. So, wow. They had 20 turnovers and won the game. I know. That's see. That's kind of the thing with them. That got them in trouble against Westside. They didn't take very good care of the basketball in the backcourt, and you know Westside with that kind of that spurt ability. But when they take good care of the basketball, they get good looks at it. Yeah, for sure. And again, Hill's a guy that he's streaky, but uh, if he catches fire, he can knock that down as yeah. a stretch four. Um, that's kind of, that's tough to defend for a lot of high school kids. A, a guy that size that can step out and knock down shots with a quick trigger. So. Um, Lincoln Northeast again fell down to number eight, and they're, they're thirteen and four now after an zero and two week. Um, Green Island had a really good week, um, and, and Southwest is kind of clinging on there uh, at number ten. Um, Southwest needs a good win, yeah, I think for their confidence, right? Like if they could get like need like a good quality win where I think they can start feeling pretty good about themselves for sure. And that was they had that chance against Lincoln Northeast at their own gym, and they couldn't quite pull it off, so. Um, they beat Fremont and got everybody involved. A lot, a lot of guys scored, um, and, and then a good win against Lincoln North Star. North Star hasn't had a great season, but they, they're capable, uh, and, and they won that one by five before losing the close one in Central. So again, that's another opportunity against a top five team, and they they couldn't quite pull it off. So that is a team that we know that they've got some pieces. Um, they're certainly capable, but they got to go out and prove it. Yeah, Central would have been a good one to try to. You know, bounced it back because they had the three losses in a row. Then they came back to get Fremont and North Star and ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw with Central, which was a pretty fantastic game. Yeah. Um, notice we didn't mention Lincoln Pius. They're not in the top ten. Uh, they had a strange team. <laughs> they had a big opportunity. Um, we talked about last week the kind of cross-class uh, cross class um, clash there. Uh, yeah, and I, I was there on Tuesday and – they, uh, it, it was a battle. Uh, they went back and forth, um, but Scott pulled it out to, to remain undefeated. 56-51 win at Scott. And S- Pius, obviously, we, we talked about the size and all that. They, they definitely won the, the battle of points in the paint and free throws, but not enough to offset getting killed from the three-point line. Scott was 10 of 23, um, and, and Pius was 2 of 11. And... Scott did a good job of making those point paints, those, those paint points, uh, difficult. Um, 
So what happened? It actually got off to a good start. And Dude, then, by the way, your text to me, the write up, <laughs> yeah, was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, because I'm at a game and I'm I'm want to know what happened, and I I sent it to Sauter, and I I was just messing with him. I said, hey, this is the difference between you and Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I had to needle him a little bit, but man, yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, like you said, we we talked about the game. I wanted to kind of give you a heads up on yeah. how it played out, and that uh, so was uh, so. Pius went inside to Sam Hosrider. They're going at Jake Brock um, all game long, like right from the start, trying to get him in foul trouble. And Jake actually did a good job of ma- uh, manning up on him, slowing down, making the shots tough early. And then he finally did get his second foul. Um, and as soon as he went out, Pius went on a 9-0 run to, to end the first quarter uh, and, and took the lead there. Um, and, and then in the second quarter, he came back. He, he played th- throughout the rest of the game without too much of an issue. Um, and whether it's him, whether it's Nate Zorowski, whether it's Gabe Edstrand getting there, mixing things up as kind of an undersized um, wing playing the four spot. And they they did a good job. Like Sam Hostrider had nine points in the first quarter and didn't score again until the fourth. And he he finished with 13, but it was on four of 11 shooting. And some a lot of that was inside the arc where they just did a great job of not letting him get in deep and then walling up and forcing him to shoot over the top. And he wasn't making it. Um, so Brady Christensen actually had a really good week last week for Pius, and he was the one guy that was having a, a lot of success. Um, finished with 15 on six of seven shooting. Maybe had 29 and uh, 20 like 20 rebounds against Burke last week. Um, so he, he he played well, but they didn't get enough out of the backcourt. And Scut had enough balance. They had four guys in double figures, uh, led by JJ Farron with with 18. So yeah, he caught fired. And he, he he took a lot of shots to get those those eighteen points, but uh, I mean they they needed the ones that he hit. He hit some big time, and then Grant, uh, Grant Dvorak uh, hit, hit went three or four from the third quarter when they really kind of took control of things and uh, allowed them to to hold on to the lead th- throughout the fourth quarter. Um, I think Pius got it close a couple of times, but couldn't couldn't quite get over the hump. So. So they good turn around for, or for Scott. Yeah, they turn around and hammer Hastings, and this may be it, right? Coming up Tuesday, tomorrow, Bennington. Yeah, yep. tomorrow may be the the last hurrah for the regular season. And you and I talked about Bennington kind of off pod, firmly entrenched at number three. They've won nine in a row. They've got a chance to change the narrative, and as opposed to well, who else would it be versus? Oh, they're pretty good. They'll, yeah. they'll get all they want tomorrow night. Yeah, and I I was there. They they won the uh, um, the their, their conference tournament uh, last week. Beat beat Waverly uh, in the final forty seven thirty eight. Man, that was an ugly one offensively. But they they held Waverly to thirty eight, and they they beat Norris forty nine forty three uh, in the first game of the tournament. So um, good, really good defensively. They made things really tough and. They've got uh, enough guys that can hurt you offensively. Austin Holtz kind of took over in the third quarter. They Waverly was playing a two-three zone, and um, Bennington threes weren't falling. Just uh, hit four tough, like one dribble pull-ups in the middle of the zone. Uh, kind of guy on his hip, knocked him down. Uh, scored eight in that third quarter when they really needed it. So uh, Holtz is certainly capable of stepping up, and they had ten points, eight boards from Isaac Connor. They had any of six or seven different guys that could score in double figures in a given game. So, um, Bennington, yeah, they're looking solid at number three, and they've got a big opportunity on Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because tucked right there at, at number two is Ron Colley, and they've lost to Millard West, Concordia, 
and scut twice. Nothing really to be kicking yourself over. They played a tough schedule. Yeah, they took care of business against the rest uh, of Class B. They went down and won an out-of-state game as well. So uh, I think they're definitely a deserving number two, and I'd still I'd still have them as the second-best team. We'll see kind of once we get into the postseason here what, what they can do if they get another uh, – get a shot at some, some of these other kind of top half uh, Class B teams. But yeah, they'll get, They've got Ralston on Friday, and I think they've got Bennington on Tuesday, which is the eighth, which – That'll probably be the that'll be the game for the two three to see what happens next. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Ralston. They got big uh, win over Beatrice in uh, Platteview. Kind of avenged uh, that loss. Um, they didn't. wasn't like the the guys went off. Like Connor Milliken only had twenty three on eight of seventeen shooting. We say only. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, she shot forty seven percent from the floor and had twenty some points. And we say only. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they held Beatrice to thirty five points, and that was the difference last game. They couldn't stop what Beatrice I, I was doing. I think that was kind of personal. Yeah, right? um, I mean, Coach Broski, he's smart. He's got his ear to the ground. I think he kind of knows the sentiment. Hey, get as many shots up as as possible. We play fast. Defense optional. I don't think that sits real well with him. Yeah, um, but. Platteview, so they won that one. They, they lost to Wahoo in, in the final, but um, Ralston went and beat Beatrice in the third place game. Um, so Beatrice drops from number two all the way down to number seven in the rankings, and they're 10-4 and four no, now after an 0-2 week. Um, so that's, I think, Waverly's sitting there at number six um, after beating Elkhorn and then losing to Bennington in, in that final. So um, Class B is continuing to kind of jumble around. Um, it's going to be anybody's guess how things turn out uh, in the first couple of rounds uh, of the state tournament, I think. Um, a lot of teams that could have a shot, but uh, it's hard to, to kind of trust any of them. One of the fastest 30 minutes, actually about 34 minutes in podcast history. We get it all in multiple classes. Man, this is going to be a good week. Any game in particular you're kind of looking forward to? A little bit of a I mean, I don't know what you think about the schedule. Kind of a light schedule this week. Yeah, not, not any big games like we had last week with Scott Pius and, and Bellevue West Miller North. I'm still trying to figure out where uh, I want to go uh, over the weekend. But Scott Bennington is not far from me, so I'll be watching that. I got the Huskers game, so I'll be missing that one. That is probably the best, the most important game of the week, I would say. Yeah. Another great week. It's Nebraska Preps post game. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. Don't miss us. We're back next week. Hoda Media Production.